starting next Sunday, our times are going to change. So if you're used to getting on Facebook Live about this time and watching us, why don't you push that back about a half hour because we're going to add a second service. We'll start at 9.30, and then the, the service that will be live streamed will start at 11. So you'll see me up here at about 11.30. But I also want to challenge you with something. Hey, if you've been watching on live stream for a few weeks now, next week would be a really great week for you to come check us out in person. So uh, that's my spiel, but everybody else remember 9.30 and 11 starting next week. So back to my question. What makes a church dynamic? What makes a church dynamic? And if we spent a few minutes thinking on it, we'd all have different answers. Some of you'd say it's the worship. Some of you'd say it's a specific style of worship. You like the traditional hymns. That's what makes a church dynamic. Some of you would say it's the new contemporary songs. That, that's what makes a church dynamic. Some of you would say it's the preaching and you are God's chosen people. <clears throat> it's certainly... Certainly, it's helpful if the preacher doesn't put you to sleep, right? I, I, was, I was in college once, and I was visiting uh, a church. and I'd never been there before. I was just there for one Sunday. And the preacher, I, he just had a, a voice like a horse tranquilizer. It's like reading the encyclopedia, listening to this guy preach. But then I, I got to looking around the church, and I saw that him not being a dynamic speaker didn't affect the quality of the ministry. They were doing incredible things in their community. So it's not the preacher that makes a church dynamic. Some of you would say it's the youth activities that make a church dynamic. And we all have these ideas of what a dynamic church looks like. It's probably a large one. does all of those things well. But none of those things make a church dynamic. It's not the preaching, it's not the worship, it's not the youth, it's not the size of the church. Dynamic church is something else entirely. And in his closing remarks in the book of Colossians, Paul gives us this glimpse that I'd like to expand on. So if you'd open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 4, we'll start in verse 7. I'll have it up here on the screen for you. And by the way, if you're new with us, if you look in your bulletin on the back of your prayer request page, you'll see a fill-in-the-blank sermon outline. That's for you just to track with us. But Colossians chapter 4, starting in verse 7, here's what Paul says. Tychicus will give you a full report about how I'm getting along. He is a beloved brother and a faithful helper who serves with me in the Lord's work. I've sent him to you for this very purpose, to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. I'm also sending Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, one of your own people. He and Tychicus will tell you everything that's happening here. Aristarchus, who is in prison with me, sends you his greeting, as does Mark, Barnabas' cousin. As you were instructed before, make Mark welcome if he comes your way. Jesus, the one we call Justice, also sends his greeting. <clears throat> These are the only Jewish believers among my co-workers. They're working with me here for the kingdom of God, and what a comfort they've been. Epaphras, a member of your own fellowship and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you his greeting. He always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong and perfect, fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. I can assure you that he prays hard for you and also for the believers in Laodicea and Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved doctor, sends his greeting, and so does Demas. Please give my greetings to our brothers and sisters in Laodicea and to Nympha in the church that meets in her house. 
After you've read this letter, pass it on to the church at Laodicea so that they can read it too. And you should read the letter that I wrote to them. And say to Archippus, be sure to carry out the ministry of the Lord that he gave you. Here's my greeting in my own handwriting. Paul, remember my chains. May God's grace be with you. So here's what we're going to do today. We are going to, we're going to highlight five elements of what makes a church dynamic based on Paul's uh, concluding remarks here in the book of Colossians. So here's, here's the first one. A dynamic church sees lives changed. A dynamic church sees lives changed. Look at verse 9. Uh, it, Paul says this, I'm sending Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, one of your own people. Onesimus is the man that we read about in the book of Philemon. He's an escaped slave. He fled to Rome, and, and in some way he gets connected with Paul and his ministry, and at some point Paul has the opportunity to share the hope of Jesus with him, and Onesimus becomes a Christian. And now this fugitive is returning to Colossae as a faithful and beloved brother. He's no longer a slave. Paul says he's one of your own people. And that's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does in all of our lives. He takes the things that we've been enslaved to and he breaks the chains. He takes fugitives and he calls us to faithfulness. And dynamic churches get to see that happen. Dynamic churches get to see chains broken. And they get to see people that have been running from themselves become faithful to God. And I'm so grateful that I get to be a part of a church that sees lives changed. And I just want to be clear, that doesn't happen because of me. And can I tell you that again? That doesn't happen because of me. It doesn't happen because of Luke or Leah or because of the elders. It happens because you know what Jesus has done in your life. And you share that with the people that you come in contact with on a daily basis. It happens because your life is an expression of faith in Christ Jesus. It happens because you are committed to seeing communities changed by Christ. Let me give you an example. Uh, many of you know that we have a Celebrate Recovery ministry that meets here on Wednesday evenings. And uh, for that, that, that's led by my friend Patrick. He does a great job leading that ministry. And, and for most of 2019, we've been ministering to a gentleman. Uh, I don't go into many more details than that. We've been ministering to a gentleman, and he had made incredible strides in his faith. And we were really proud of, of the steps that he had taken and the commitment to faith that he had in his life. And in October, we got a message that he had passed away in his sleep from a pre-existing medical condition. And that was, uh, it was a huge blow to everybody who serves in Celebrate Recovery. And, and so the next day I call up his sister to just I express my condolences. I just wanted to say how sorry I was. And uh, she said something to me that, that I'm never going to forget. She said, oh, you're from that church. You don't know what's coming next after you hear a sentence like that. You, just, you don't know what, yeah, glad we're talking on the phone, but, but she said, oh, you're from that church. Thank you so much, because my brother had been gone a long time, and you gave him back. 
So to everybody who serves in Celebrate Recovery, to everybody who cooks for Celebrate Recovery, for everybody who prays for Celebrate Recovery on behalf of a grateful family, thank you because their brother was gone for a long time and you gave him back. I'm so grateful that I get to be a part of a church that sees lives changed. Let me tell you a little more of that story. I was at the funeral a couple of days later and I actually didn't do the funeral service because Patrick, who leads our Celebrate Recovery ministry, had been so influential in his faith development that they asked Patrick to lead this funeral service. And so I got to sit there and hear Patrick talk about the difference that Jesus had made in his life. And as I walk up to you know, at the end of a funeral, you walk up front and you shake all the family members' hands. There's this common denominator that all the family members said to me. They said, oh, you're from that church. Please don't ever stop that program. I'm so grateful that I get to be a part of a church that sees lives changed. Not by my work, but by the work of Christ through all of us. That's what makes a church dynamic. You know, I bet Patrick would tell you that it wasn't just him being used by God to precipitate life change. I bet that Patrick would tell you that God had been changing his life all year as well. And that's what I want for all of us. That we would introduce people to the life-changing message of Jesus and that we would continually be changed ourselves to look more like him. Dynamic churches see lives changed. And my prayer is that you've seen your life changed this year. So let's keep going. Dynamic churches serve people. Dynamic churches serve people. Verse 12, Epaphras, a member of your own fellowship, a servant of Jesus Christ, sends you his greeting. He always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong and perfect, fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. And I can assure you that he prays hard for you and also for the believers in Laodicea and Hierapolis. So I, I read about Epaphras. And to us, that's, that's just a name, but it's likely that uh, Epaphras was the, the founding figure, the, the one who led the charge to start the, the work of the church in Colossae along with Paul. And so he's this influential figure, and he has been a servant in that church for a long time, doing whatever is asked of him in so many different roles. And I got to thinking, do I know any servants of Christ Jesus like Epaphras? Turns out I know a few. Dia Brown called me up on Monday night, and uh, it, was, it was like 8 o'clock. And uh, she says, hey, I'm, I'm sorry to bother you so late, but uh, Mom and I, we, we, we're just getting back from Sam's Club, and we got a whole bunch of supplies to drop off for the church. Is there any chance I can get your keys to unlock the building? Because I, I forgot mine. I said, sure, that's, that's no problem. I'd be happy to unlock the church for you. And, and that may not sound like a big deal to you, but I'm, geographically, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Sam's isn't close. It's not, it's not close to here. And you've got to get onto Veterans Parkway, which is an awful place to drive a car. It's just not designed for the number of cars that they have there. And, and so Dia goes to Sam's after she gets off of work on a Monday evening and I don't know if you realize this, but we go through a lot of stuff. Does that make sense to you? We go through a lot of stuff. Between the coffee that all of you drink 
and the kids' snacks that all the deacons eat, we go through a lot of stuff. And Dia goes down to Sam's Club and gets all of that stuff for us. And she never asks for thanks or recognition. In fact, I wouldn't have even known that she did that, except for the fact that she forgot her keys because she puts it all away, gets rid of all of her trash, and it's just, it's like this magic little cabinet that we have, but it's always just full. Turns out the magic cabinet has a name, and it's Dia. Or how about my friend Ramona Collins? I like this story. Ramona organizes our funeral dinners here at Tabor, and, and earlier this year, we had a, a funeral, and, uh, and I, I, did the, I did this funeral service, and it was for a family, and they, they didn't go to church. Okay? And I'm not being judgmental, okay? Listen, I'm not being judgmental. I'm just telling you, they didn't go to church, okay? And, and so we have this funeral dinner after, and uh, Ramona's team is down there in the Family Life Center, and uh, they are serving, and they are just making sure that the family has everything that they need, like the drinks don't run out, the chips don't run out, the sandwiches don't run out, uh, the casserole dishes are always full, and they're just, they're doing it. They're doing their thing, and everything is going great, and I, I just run out to, to grab a I don't even know what I got out. I, just, I was getting something. Uh, I can't even remember because of what happened next. One of the family members came up to me, and, and here's what he said. He said, man, all y'all's church is nice people. And I was so proud. The only thing I could choke out of in that moment was, yeah. So can I just tell you something, church? All y'all are really nice people. And you're servants of Christ Jesus. Let's talk about Sunday School. Ann Hackney and Kim Smith, they have been doing an incredible job of teaching their class for a long time. And these kids, they come out of their class and they have scripture memorized and it's incredible to me. And they have this system where they use like pictures and letters. And so kids that like at that age, I was just like, I couldn't. Never, we won't talk about what I was doing at that age, but uh, these kids would just blow me away at the scripture that they have memorized, and Kim and Ann, they don't look for recognition, they don't look for thanks, they just do incredible ministry on a weekly basis. I'm so grateful that they serve Christ Jesus. What about Rooted? If you're here on Sunday night, you're going to see a wild man in a straw hat with a feather sticking out of it. He's going to be hanging around with 15 high school-aged guys, and he is high energy, and rooted is better because Brian Ferguson is a servant of Christ Jesus. Or Jay and Tara Stalker, they came to me uh, a while back, and they said, hey, we want to start a small group. I said, that's a great idea. I love small groups. They said, we want to start a small group very specifically for people who are trying to navigate blending families together. Because that's a, a tough road, and, and we have traveled that road, and we want to start a small group to help people who are blending a family together. And I said, that's fantastic. What do you need from me? They said, nothing. We've got a curriculum. We've got a, we want to start it on January 8th at our house, and we just want to know if it's okay. And I said, you blessed of the Lord, go and do good. And so here's what I need you to know. If you're trying to navigate uh, a blended family or how that works, Jay and Tara Stalker are starting a small group at their house on January 8th. And if you don't know who they are, I would be happy to introduce you to them. Because they're servants of Christ Jesus. 
You know, this doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of what it takes to make Tabor the dynamic church that I believe it is. I'm so grateful to be here working hard alongside so many servants of Christ Jesus. But let's be honest. Some of you are here and you're sitting on the sidelines. And that's okay, I'm not gonna guilt trip you this morning, but I wanna give you an opportunity to get in the game because it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to work together for the glory of God. And so if you're sitting on the sidelines, I wanna give you a chance to jump in the game. There are a lot of different places we could use help. First of all, our, our We Worship ministry, it's a birth through first grade. Stephen and Megan Robinson do an incredible job. Let's just be honest. Megan does an incredible job leading that ministry. Sorry, Stephen. But they do an incredible job leading this ministry, and they do it at a very high level. They are not babysitting your kids. That's not how they, they do watch your kids. Okay, Let, I don't want to give you the wrong, but they do watch the kids, but it's more than that. They're not just making sure your kids don't hit their head. They are teaching your kids about the love of Christ through Christ Jesus every week. And they could use your help doing that. They could use your help with that. So uh, uh, here's what I want to tell you. If that's something that you think you could do or something that you think you could be a part of, um, at the bottom of your bullets, and you'll notice that there's a little bit of extra space, uh, you can just write your name and a way to get a hold of you, rip off the bottom and leave it exactly where you sit, okay? I want to go through the sanctuary this afternoon, and I want to collect all of those personally, and I want to pray over them, okay? So just rip it off and leave it where you sit, all right? But that's, there's more, so maybe don't write your name yet, because you could serve in We Worship, but maybe you'd be better served in our technology ministry, is the people in the sound room. These are the, the guys and girls that make sure that the sound is right. They make sure that the worship slides transition properly, even when Tim gets a little wild and wants to do that verse again, right? They're the ones who figure that out on the fly. Uh, they run our live streaming technology. And, and so maybe you're comfortable in that area. Just tear the bottom of that tick, uh, the sermon outline off. Write your name and a way to get a hold of you, and I will be happy to collect that later this afternoon. Maybe you're an introvert. You're going, man, I'd really love to serve Jesus, but I'm not sure about this whole like people thing. I get you. I feel you. We can help. We can help with that, right? We've got an area for you. Communion has to get prepared every Sunday, and it is a critical piece of the ministry that happens here at Mount Tabor. If that's something that you could do, you don't even have to talk to anybody. Right? If that's something that you could do, just write communion and then a way to get a hold of you at the bottom of your ticket and just leave it right where you are. Maybe you are not an introvert. You are an incredible extrovert. So extroverted, in fact, that you have never in your entire life met a stranger and you would like to greet all of the people when you get to church on Sunday. Well, guess what? You could be a part of the greeting ministry. We could use your help with that. So just write greeter on the bottom, and a way to get a hold of you and tear it off, and I'd be happy to pick that up later. For Kids Hope, we can always use Kids Hope mentors. You know, we have more Kids Hope mentors right now than we ever have at Tabor. That's awesome. But here's the deal. We always need more mentors. 
We always need more people who are willing to spend an hour a week with a student at West Washington that can make a difference in your life that you may, their life that you may never know. So if you could do that, if you can give one hour a week to a student at West Washington, why don't you write Kids Hope your name and a way to get a hold of you at the bottom of your outline. Tear it off, leave it where you sit. If you want to serve here, we have places for you to get plugged in. And I don't have time to go through all of those avenues for service today. You'd be here until 7 o'clock tonight. But we can use you. If you want to get in the game, we've got plenty of opportunities. Dynamic churches are full of people who serve people. Here's the next one. Not only do dynamic churches serve people, they celebrate ministry. Dynamic churches celebrate ministry. If you look at Paul's conclusion to Colossians, it is full of names, full of names that are hard to pronounce, and I'm just making them up as I stand up here, okay? And none of you know if I'm right or wrong. So look, we've got Tychicus, Onesimus, Aristarchus, Mark, Justice, Epaphras, Luke, Demas, Nympha, and Archippus. That's the one I'm the most shaky on, Archippus. And Paul takes time to celebrate them, even just by mentioning their names, Paul says, I'm aware of you, and the work that you are doing is important to me, and I think we should do that in ministry too. The work that you are doing is important to the kingdom of God. So Chris and Gina devote time every week to our worship ministry. Our musicians show up early, and they practice hard. Our sound team guys, they get here early, and they fine-tune things. Stephen and Megan Robinson make We Worship happen at a very high level. Michelle Hamer takes care of providing meals for people with newborns who have just had surgery. Lori Collins leads our ladies' prayer ministry. Ron Pennington works with Young at Heart. Rose Mitchell takes care of ladies' aid. John Trinkle organizes groups of people to cut wood for people to have in the fall. Linda Pennington works with the Food Bank. Kathy Green and Louise Sammy work with the Center for Women's Ministry. Donna Westner heads up Choice in Salem. Dan and Chris Owsley are doing incredible ministry at Wonder Valley, and on and on it goes. All of this is incredible ministry, and what excites me more than any of those things, I'm excited about all of that, but the thing that excites me more than any of those things is that I don't know about half of the ministry that happens in this congregation because you just do it. You do it wherever you go when you leave here. And you are the light of the world. You are the city on the hill that cannot be hidden. And I am so grateful to be a part of this church that is full of servants of Christ Jesus. So can you just give yourselves a round of applause for doing God's work? I need you to understand something, though. As much ministry as we want to do, and we want to do more, we always want to take that next step in serving God and being faithful to his calling for us as a congregation. As much ministry as we do and as much ministry as we want to do, I make you a promise, we will never, ever compete with another church. Faithful churches don't compete with other churches. And that attitude comes from Paul. Look at what he says here in verse 16. After you've read this letter, pass it on to the church at Laodicea so they can read it to you. And you should read the letter I wrote to them. You know what Paul's saying there? As he's writing, he, 
that this mindset that these churches in Colossae and Laodicea are going to compete with each other does not occur to him. He understands that they are united under the banner of Christ and working towards the same goal. Read the letter I wrote to them. They should read the letter I wrote to you because we are united under the banner of Christ and we are striving to serve him. And Mount Tabor is not competing and will not compete with any other church. So I don't know if you know this, but we pray regular, regularly for Westview and Southern Hills and Sugar's Creek, Sugar Creek and Saltillo and Campbellsburg and Salem Baptist and Campbellsburg Baptist and New Beginnings and Sari and Paoli and Orleans and all the other churches in our area. We're not threatened by them. We're not trying to be a threat to them. The thing that we want is for all of these churches to be strong so that the work of Christ can be the absolute best it can be in our communities. It's not about Tabor. It's not about Tony. It's not about Luke. It's not about Leah. It's not about our elders. It's about Jesus. And that's why our vision, let me tell you what our vision is not. Our vision is not communities changed by Tabor. Our vision is communities changed by who? Christ. And we know that all the other churches in our area want to see Jesus change people's lives too. And so we celebrate them and we support them and we want the best for them. So I'll remind you of one of the core statements of the restoration movement. We are Christians only, but we are not the only Christians. That's how we feel here. So we want to be a church that cooperates with other churches, not competes with them. Here's the final one, verse 17. Say to Archippus, be sure to carry out the ministry the Lord gave you. Dynamic churches carry out the mission of God. Dynamic churches carry out the mission of God. Dynamic churches are obsessed with the mission of God. Dying churches are obsessed with the traditions of man. In a dynamic church, you cannot help but hear about how much God loves you and how much it cost him to save you. You can't help but hear how Jesus has changed lives. You can't go a minute without hearing about God because he is good, and he is holy, and he is just, and he is right, and he is in charge. Dynamic churches are full of people who are ready to carry out the mission of God. So I want to close with this story. You've heard me tell it before, but I love it. Um, actually, this isn't a story. This is true. It's a true story. I guess that's what they call that. Um, I went to school with a guy named Rich, and uh, he was one of my closest friends. Leah and I were really close with Rich and his wife, Courtney, and so one evening we were going over to their apartment. Uh, they were already married, and we were going to have dinner with them, and, uh, and so we, we get to their apartment, and he had to climb this really steep set of stairs because um, we were poor college kids. And uh, so we get to the top of the stairs, and there's a, a door to the left, and then there's this straight ahead. And so I, I look down, and right in front of me by their door on a mat is this brand-new pair of running shoes that look like Forrest Gump had been wearing them for the last year. And you got that, got that image in your mind? And, and I, I, I took notice of them because Rich and I had just 
done research on the best running shoes to buy, and so we bought them together. And so I had the exact same pair of Brooks running shoes on my feet at the moment, and they were not inexpensive shoes. They're fairly expensive pair of running shoes, and I look, and, and Rich looks like he's, well, they don't look good, and they stink. And so I go in, and the first thing I said, Rich, what's going on with your shoes? Why do they look like that? They're, they're three days old. And he says, oh, this is a really great story. I got to tell you this. So I've been at work, and for the last, like, nine months, I've been ministering to this guy that I work with. And today on break, he said, hey, I want you to baptize me after work tonight. And so after work, we went down to the lake, and I baptized him, and I stepped in all this gunk, and my shoes stink, don't they? And I said, yeah, they do. They stink really bad. And he says, but, but I got to baptize this guy I've been working with for, like, nine months. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome, Rich. Let me tell you the next chapter in that story. Uh, that was like seven years ago. Four years ago, I went back to uh, the school where Rich and I attended, and uh, I was doing a leadership retreat for all of the student ministry leaders on campus, and this guy that my friend Rich baptized is now a senior in college preparing for a career in ministry. Don't you love that? So what I love about my friend Rich, he works at a factory, powder coating metals, but wherever he goes and whatever he does, he will be a part of a dynamic church because he is obsessed with the mission of God. And the same is true for you. You are a part of a dynamic church it's not because of what I do. It's not because of Luke. It's not because of Leah. It's not because of the elders. It is because of what you do every day where you go. And I can't wait to see what God does over this next year. Let's pray. God, you are good. You are holy. You are faithful. And you are just. And we praise your name. We love you. We trust you, and we want you to lead. So God, lead. Give us the courage to follow where you lead, the wisdom to recognize your voice and the things that aren't your voice. God, protect us from thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to, and help us to always remember that we are your servants called by your name to a world that needs you. God, do what you will with us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.